You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State, and I'm your host, Josh Rayleigh. And uh, man, today I'm going to be talking all things turkey hunting. I have been, um, yeah, man, I've been flying, zooming here lately, trying to squeeze in a bunch of work around the house, time with the kids, time with the family, uh, and yet also getting out to do a little bit of turkey hunting. And this has been, uh, so far, my least productive turkey season, at least as far as kills go. I just, I haven't gotten uh, but the one bird on the ground. That first day of season B, uh, I was able to take a, a really, really nice Tom, great Tom, double bearded, uh, but yeah, man, I've struggled since then. I've hunted a bit in zone one and I've hunted a lot here in zone two, which is right around my house. And, uh, man, I have, I have really, really, really struggled. So, uh, you know what, but it's like that sometimes though, our, uh, our successes or our, our, our failures, let's say are far more common with than our successes. And, uh, at least if we gauge success by, um, you know, killing an animal, bringing a Tom home. So, uh, but there's good news with that. Uh, we learn a lot more from our failures, and I have certainly had an entire season of learning. And so that's what we're going to be getting into today. I'm just going to dive in of my last couple of weeks uh, and bring you a bit about sort of how things have been going for me personally. I'm flying solo on today's episode. I don't have a guest lined up. I have some wonderful guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. I've got uh, some folks that you are definitely going to recognize. Somebody going to come on and talk about fly fishing. I've got somebody who's going to come on and talk about their transition into the outdoor industry and entrepreneurship. And this guy is a a huge inspiration. So I cannot wait to have him on. I don't want to say who it is yet just because I don't want to. uh, Yeah, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want something to happen for us to not be able to record, but we're supposed to record this coming Wednesday, June 1st. And so uh, I could not be more excited for that. So I'm just going to keep this introduction real, real short today because, hey, it's just me. There's no one to introduce. But I do want to say a huge thanks to our partners over at Tacticam. As you know, I've been using Tacticam 5.0 and 5.0 wide uh, here during this turkey season. And, man, I'm disappointed that I haven't gotten a a kill on film with these Tacticams, but they have been fantastic. I'm using uh, 5.0 mounted on my gun barrel and a 5.0 wide mounted on a bendy clip, and so I can either set that out in my decoys looking back in my direction, or I can set it up on a tree next to me and get a nice over-the-shoulder angle. And so it has just been really, really nice. And for some of the stuff that I've been walking through and I've been getting rained on and all of that, it's great not to have to worry about the camera. 
I've got a larger Canon camera that I carry along with me on a big tripod, and I'm always worried about getting that thing wet or snagging it on stuff. With the Tacticams, you don't have any of that concern. You just throw one on your gun barrel, uh, take the bendy clip, clip it on your backpack, and you're good to go. You can be uh, confident that it's going to be there whenever you need it. And with the remote, they work flawlessly. You can set them up. One click of the remote turns on both cameras. Everything's going. You can have great confidence that it's going to work and do what it's supposed to do. So head over, check them out, www.tacticam.com. Next, I'm super excited to let you guys know that we are now partnering with Deer Lab, makers of the best trail camera photo management software out there. I've been using Deer Lab all spring long as sort of a a trial time period, and I have had wonderful success with it. I've had all my cameras out uh, in my turkey spots so far, and um, man, if you set cameras on field edges, you know that you get lots and lots and lots of pictures of deer and turkeys and coyotes and raccoons and all kinds of stuff. So it's great to be able to plug all of those photos into Deer Lab. Uh, first of all, I don't have to clog up my computer with a, a, take up a bunch of memory with all the pictures. And if you upload them to Deer Lab, you can just filter by animal. And so that allows me to filter out all the deer pictures, all the human pictures, all the raccoon pictures or whatever, and just select turkeys because that's really what I'm interested in. So boom, you select turkeys. It pulls up all the pictures of turkeys. So out of you know one camera, I had 4,600 pictures on this camera. It was really great to be able to click turkey and only see turkey photos. The software is very intuitive to use. You just mark your cameras on the map. You upload your photos. Uh, yeah, really quick, really simple. Uh, you can do things like fix all of your timestamps on your photos. So if you're a goober like me and occasionally forget to set the correct time on your photos, you can go in and mass correct all of them, which is super, super helpful. And uh, it also syncs with weather data and moon phase for your area. So when you're getting pictures of that target buck this uh, summer heading up into the fall, you can say, okay, what does this buck like to do on this particular moon? Or how does he move on this particular wind? Well, you can go in and see how he likes to move or what cameras he's showing up on and what the wind direction and what the weather was doing at that specific time. So cannot recommend Deer Lab enough. I've had a great time using them this spring for turkeys. Looking forward to implementing this tool this fall for deer season. And uh, hey, man, they've been kind enough to give listeners of the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast 20% off of any plan. Just use the promo code WISCONSIN, all caps. I don't know if the capital letters really matter, but uh, the code they sent me was all caps. So go to Deer Lab. Pick any plan you want, put in the code WISCONSIN, all caps, you'll get 20% off of any plan. And now I'm just going to jump right into um, my hunting over the last couple of weeks. You know, I had Pierce on last week and we talked about our triple crown attempt uh, in the Driftless. And yeah, if you haven't heard that podcast yet, go back and listen to it. It was a great episode. I actually got a lot of really good feedback from that episode. Uh, Apparently a lot of you loved hearing the stories about Jim and Uh, hearing about me and Pierce messing up, but at least catching some fish at the end of the day. So uh, anyway, yeah, go check that episode out that aired last week. It was a great one. I love having Pierce on. I think I'm going to try to get him on a bit more here down the road because he's just, he's a great guest and a great conversationalist. And um, yeah, the dude knows his fish. So uh, shout out to Pierce. Good chance fly fishing. If you want to go fly fishing in the Driftless this spring, give him a call, let him know, book a trip. You should do it. All right. So after the triple crown in zone one or the triple crown attempt in zone one, I come back here to zone two and I'm licking my wounds and I don't have a ton of time to, uh, to get out hunting. We're actually getting ready to move right now. So we're trying to get our house on the market, which 
man, if you've gone through that, you know, it's just a whole thing trying to get your house on the market. I'm working on home projects and I'm uh, kind of not really digging working on these home projects because I'm like, man, I'm not going to get to enjoy this, but wrapping up stuff and then trying to declutter and trying to get my life situated so that we can move. But anyway, so with all of that combined, I'm not going to get a ton of time, a ton of concentrated days where I can turkey hunt, but I'm going to be able to squeeze in a couple of mornings here, a couple of evenings there, maybe a midday jaunt here or there. So with the variety of times and days that I'm able to get out, I decided that I wanted to really try my hand uh, at something that's very controversial. I've seen a lot of stuff going on about it right now, uh, and that's the topic of reaping. And uh, anybody who anybody who says reaping is bad all of the time, no one should ever do it, it should be illegal, um, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I really do. But my guess is that people who say that probably haven't tried to reap high-pressured birds. Um, they may not have tried to reap at all because uh, I have still been unsuccessful. I've put several stalks on birds with uh, a decoy that's pretty lifelike. We talked about it in last week's episode. Like My decoy's got real wings on it. It's got a real fan. Um, by all accounts, I mean, it should be a really great reaping decoy, but it has been really, really difficult. Uh, it's not all that it's cracked up to be in the YouTube videos, and uh, I haven't been successful yet. I've had uh, one or two close calls. Uh, actually, had one last year when I tried it once and uh, missed a turkey because it got in so close. And so, um, anyway, yeah, it's 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 an okay tactic. I, I enjoy it. It's a bit of a rush having... Uh, a turkey come in or at least getting that aggressive with them, even if they don't come in, the fact that you're out in a field with them. Uh, yeah, huge rush. But anyway, it's not, it, it's, it's far from a sure thing. And I think that's what people think about reaping, especially those guys who would kind of be like the turkey purists. It's, they act as though, boy, all you got to do is throw a fan up and turkeys just come running. And that is simply not true. Um, it's 100% not true. In fact, I've killed more turkeys by calling them in than I have by reaping them. And uh, I've tried my hand at it a fair number of times. Like I said, I've been able to get out kind of midday, late afternoon kind of thing. You see a turkey in a field, on a field that you've got permission on, or one where you can go knock on the farmer's door. And they say, yeah, sure, go out there and get after them. And uh, here's the thing, though. Turkeys that can be seen from the road, turkeys that are very, very visible, they're visible for a reason. And it's because they're not stupid. And so when they see a big tom walking from the direction of the road or from the direction of the farmer's house, they know, hey, something's not right here. Something, something's off. And they turn and run away. Not to mention, uh, at this point of the season, a lot of the toms, I think, don't want to uh, have any more conflict. I mean, they have fought all spring to set the pecking order. And at this point, I don't think they're super interested in fighting anymore. So when you go walking towards them with, you know, a full strut decoy, Pretty much everyone that I've seen this year has turned to run, has turned to run away. Uh, I did have one come in, and he hung up across the property line roughly uh, 60 yards away, never would commit, so I kind of backed backwards up the hill, uh, hoping that he would kind of commit and come in, and he decided as soon as I started backing away, he was like, all right, that's good enough for me. You're not infringing on my territory anymore. Now, if I could have crossed that fence, he probably would have come the rest of the way in. He was certainly fired up. His head was bright, bright red. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, he just wouldn't commit to it. So all that to say, uh, reaping is just not, 
all that it's cracked up to be. It's a lot harder. It's physically demanding. You get real dirty and, and nasty. Uh, and it's just hard to crouch that long or belly crawl for a long ways. Um, so yeah, so it's far from a sure deal, but that's not all I've been doing here lately. I've also been doing quite a bit of, you know, your traditional getting out early, finding a bird on the roost, try to get set up on them, call them in. And, uh, man, I've just not had a lot of success with it. I had one property that was an absolute honey hole last year, uh, between me and a buddy, we took three toms off the property last year. There were lots of toms left over. In fact, opening day of season A uh, in 2021, I called in nine toms in one morning on the first morning, and I shot the first one that came in. But, I mean, just to have that many toms coming in at you at the same time was just awesome. It was fantastic. And so I thought, man, this property is going to be lights out again this year. I've got a whole year of experience and knowledge of the property and how the turkeys like to use it. And there's one thing that I didn't count on. That thing that I didn't count on was the increase of hunting pressure on the property next door. So, like I said, last year this place was a honey hole, but the neighbors this year have hunted it hard. And I mean they have hunted it hard. And since the, uh, since the tom that I saw and shot on opening morning of season B uh, earlier this spring, I have seen one other tom on this property the entire time. The rest has been Jake's. And at this point, to be honest with you, even the Jakes are a bit call shy. They are call shy. They are decoy shy. In fact, I was out the other morning, uh, four Jakes, the same four Jakes I've been seeing all season long, uh, all came out into the field. They saw my decoys. They skirted about 60, 60 yards out from me. So about 40 yards past my decoys. They didn't pay them a lot of attention. Um, didn't even really look at them. Then a hen came out in the field and I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe this will work out. Maybe they'll turn and follow her around. They weren't even really interested in her. Uh, these four Jakes are just out there running around uh, really, really shy, just not wanting to get close to even the, the other birds that are out there. So I don't know what's going on with that, but I do know this property next door has gotten a ton of hunting pressure uh, this year. I think I mentioned on an earlier episode, the morning I had my wife out, uh, we were actually on this property and um, we did not know that there were guys hunting the property next door until... Uh, we're sitting there. We finally have a Tom working our direction, walking down the wood line. And usually what they do is they'll walk down this wood line that is to our, uh, that would be to our west from where we're sitting. Usually they'll walk down that wood line. They'll pop out in the corner of this field and they'll come down this other little fence row. And this fence row is actually uh, right where I have my blind set up. And so we hear this Tom gobbling coming down the wood line. My next expectation, he's going to take that corner. He's going to walk right down the fence line. And we're going to have a pretty close shot. You know, we're going to we're going to get one and my wife's going to have her first turkey down. It's going to be fantastic. And we hear one gobble. Uh, and then just a, a few minutes later, we hear a shot bang right back behind us. So they were definitely out there hunting that particular day. Another morning I got out there recently. Uh, it was a Saturday morning. I'm driving by and uh, I see three guys getting out of their car and they're all suited up and they're about to go chase turkeys. And I'm like, okay, stop, tell them, Hey, good luck. I'm hunting next door, you know, whatever. And for a good chunk of the morning, things are pretty quiet. Like there's not a lot of gobbling happening or anything like that. Finally, one starts to gobble on the roost right where they always roost. And I'm like, okay, so now I've got a chance. There's a Tom back in here and uh, I'm just waiting for him to, to fly down. Here we go. This is pretty good. I start calling. He's answering me. Things are looking great. Next thing I know, um, I hear the Tom 
fly off the roost. And it doesn't sound like a normal fly down. It's like one of those panic fly downs with a bunch of clucks and stuff thrown in there. And I'm like, oh my goodness, those guys just bumped this bird off the roost. And sure enough, they did. None of the birds came out in the field that morning. It was a a really, really quiet morning after that. And the guys continued their way down this um, corner or this line of this ag field walking down. They're talking the whole way after they bust this bird off the roost. I guess they thought that was the only turkey on the property, so therefore they can just talk as loud as they want to. I can hear their their words from, I don't know, 100 yards away or something like that. They're just booming down through this little valley that's down below. And then to make matters worse, as I'm sitting there listening to their talking, I realize their talking is getting real close to the property line, real close to the property line, real close to the property line, and then they cross it. Uh, Now, they cross it onto a property that I don't have permission on, but I know for a fact that the guy that hunts there has not given them permission to hunt on this other property as well. But they don't care about that. Apparently, uh, their thing is to go and bust birds off the roost and then trespass onto other people's property. So, uh, yeah, that has just wreaked havoc on this property this year. Um, These two kind of ruined hunts have been uh, really tough, and it's just been a hard place. I went out there earlier this week, saw the four Jakes. They were calling decoy shy, like I said before. So I'm just going to give that one a rest. I think I'm done with that one for the year. Uh, I was out there today, actually. Didn't see any turkeys, um, but I did see those same four jakes. So they're out there hanging around somewhere. But uh, those are the smartest jakes on the planet at this point because they have stayed alive even with the increased hunter pressure. But I, I say all of this to say one thing. Um, I had really put all of my eggs in this one basket. Now, I, I've got lots of properties that I hunt. I hunt on the public land down the road. I've got four properties that I've got permission on right here around me. They're real close to each other, so I can kind of keep an eye on them. But this one had kind of been my honey hole. And so I really was banking on being able to fill my tags on this specific piece of property. So lesson number one, don't put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to turkey season. You just never know. One year can be fantastic on a specific property. The very next year, totally different thing. The second thing I've learned from this is that I need to really pay attention to what my neighbors are doing. It took me a while to realize just how hard they were hunting this property. And a lot of that's because I hunt weekday mornings oftentimes, and I I really don't get out a lot on Saturdays. But just take the time. Like, even if you're not going to go hunting on a specific morning, if you've got a property that you like to hunt, or you've got a public spot that you like to hunt, and it's close by, it doesn't do any harm to swing by on a Saturday morning and just see how many cars are there. Just see who's parked there. Just see who's out there. See if see if four or five guys are going tromping through the woods every single weekend day, which I think is what's been happening on this property. And keep that in your back pocket. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. Pay attention to what the neighbors are doing. And it can save you some wasted mornings because now here I am. It's the Sunday before uh, or the, the last Sunday of the turkey season in general. It's season F here in Wisconsin. So the last Sunday of the season And here I am with, uh, I've got one Tom in my back pocket. Actually, I'm going to get out and chase him tomorrow morning. But I've got this property that I I wasted a couple of hunts on here in this this very last season. And uh, had I paid a little bit closer attention and maybe put the pieces together a little bit better, I wouldn't have wasted any hunts on this property. I would have moved on a bit earlier. So those are two of the topics I wanted to cover. Number one was reaping. Number two was these lessons that I'd learned from this kind of little honey hole property. What was the third? Oh, yeah. The third was... Uh, I did something the other day that I have never done in the turkey woods. And I've seen folks do it. Like, 
you watch the guys on the hunting public, they'll see turkeys out, out in a field or they'll see deer in a specific spot and they'll make a huge move on this deer or this turkey. Like they just, they'll loop around uh, um, and take a mile circle around this specific animal and try to get back on them from another direction for one reason or another. And I always look at that. And I'm like, man, that, I just don't think I could do that. Like, I don't think that I've got that in me. I just, I don't have the confidence that I can get back in there and get on the animal again. Uh, well, the other day I was out and, uh, riding around in the evening, like I like to do looking at where the turkeys are, where the, where they're at in the fields. And a lot of these places where I hunt, I can kind of tell you, okay, if they're out here in this part of the field, they're probably going to roost over there because, uh, for whatever reason, the turkeys right around me really have specific roost sites that they go back to day after day after day. Hey, just want to take a minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best action cameras on the market for the hunter and angler. They're the new title sponsor of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, and I could not be more pleased to partner with Tacticam. They're on the cutting edge, making user-friendly cameras to help everyday outdoorsmen like me, like you, share your hunt with friends and family and loved ones. They also make the Reveal Cell Cameras that has absolutely changed the game when it comes to quality cellular trail cameras at a price that's in reach for the everyday guy. One area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunts before, you know how frustrating it can be to try to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or get it in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. If you're not already familiar with Tacticam, head over to their website, Tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. This episode is also brought to you by Deer Lab, the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. Deer Lab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them, like deer or turkeys, etc. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target, and you can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a wonderful feature if you're a goober like me and you often forget to set the time on your trail cameras. Head over to DeerLab.com, use promo code WISCONSIN at checkout for 20% off of your purchase. Now let's get back to the show. So I pass this field and I see three toms standing in the tall grass just off the field. And I, I, they're 400 yards away from me at this point, but all I see is red heads sticking up out of some tall grass. And so I'm like, okay, I've got permission on this, this, the closest field on the, on the farm that's right on the, the highway and public land wraps all the way around the backside of this other ag field. It's like two ag fields back and public land is just on the other side of that. And so I got to thinking, I, I know the turkeys like to roost uh, on the ridge of oak trees, just on the far side of that ag field before it dips down into some marshland. So when I saw those toms, I had a pretty good idea. They were about to work their way out into the field because I'd seen them do it plenty of times. And I had a pretty good idea. They were going to be roosting in those hardwoods over in those, uh, they were bur oaks. Uh, they'd be roosting in the bur oaks in, uh, on that ridge. And so I decided I have two choices. I can either pull out my Reaper decoy and try to get into the closest ag field where I've got permission and hope that by some way I can make those toms mad enough to make the, uh, by that point, it'd be a 180 yard walk to come over there and try to beat up on this decoy. Or I can make a one mile loop walking through public. And what that means is that I'm going to have to go to this public spot. I'm going to have to park somewhere that's not actually a parking lot. It's going to dip off in the side of the road. I'm going to cover 
uh, two ag fields that are actually uh, VPA land, voluntary public access land. If you don't know what that is, you need to go and Google it. It's fantastic. Uh, a lot of folks don't know uh, quite a lot about it, but but it's really great. And so I was going to have to cover these two ag fields, get down into the hardwoods, then down into a marsh, cross two creeks on the way there, come back up the backside, walking the edge of the marsh, and then finally back up onto this hardwood ridge. And I got to be honest with you, my my confidence was super low. I thought, man, I'm going to waste all that time getting back in there. And by the time I get there, they're not going to be there. Um, and so it, it just felt like a really, really uncertain thing. But it's like, you know what? This is the play that I've got. These are the turkeys that I see. I'm not going to leave birds to go find birds, especially ones that I can probably get on. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. So I, I get to the spot where I'm going to park, leave everything in the car except for the bare essentials, what I need. I got a mouth call. I've got uh, a backpack with me, but it's like just basically got water in it and a couple of other things and some other calls. I walk all the way back in there. So I get in there and come to the first creek and it's like, okay, uh, you know, it had been treacherous kind of walking before. Like if you're familiar with Southern Wisconsin marshland, like, you know, it could just be a difficult walk. And my, my feet are soaked at this point. Cause I had my hikers on, but it's like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace the suck at this point. I'm not trying to keep my feet dry. The odds of me being dry by the time I get back in there anyway are really, really low. And so I'm just going to go for it. I come to this creek and I'm thinking, okay, this creek's not too deep, about shin deep or so. I'll just go for it. I step down into the creek. First step's okay. Second step, I kind of start to sink into the mud a bit. Third step, I sink all the way up to my knees in the mud in this creek. And uh, it was so bad that I stopped and thought for a second. It's like, okay, do I take another step forward? Because if I take another step forward, I might find myself in a pretty hairy situation here. Like I, I'm not positive, given that the rest of this creek is mud, that I'll be able to pull myself out at this point if I take another step and get in any deeper. But uh, the turkeys were calling my name, so I decided to anyway. Finally got myself up and out of the creek, continued along the edge of the marsh, finally got to this little hardwood ridge, and I'm sitting there for a bit, and I throw up the binos, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and finally, wouldn't you know it, the turkeys are out there, but they're not the toms that I'd been seeing. There's some hens. So I'm like, okay, well, great. At least the hens are here, right? Like if the hens are here, the toms can't be too far from them. Like they're at least going to come and check them out at some point. But I'm sitting there for just a moment and I look out and there are uh, two jakes and a tom. So I think what I thought were three toms from the road uh, actually were two jakes and a tom. But it could have been three toms that I saw from the road. I can't confirm. They had big red heads and so I assumed that they were toms before. Either way, I look out, the Tom is there strutting, the Jakes are kind of off walking around the perimeter, uh, I think hoping to get there, hoping to get their chance. And so I set up, I start calling, and the Tom's just not going to leave the hens, right? Like he's strutting around all of them. They're, they're not trying to get away from him or anything like that. They're not walking far from him, and so he's got no reason to come over to me. Uh, so I set up there for a while. I had a huge confidence boost from being able to make this huge play on these turkeys and get back in there and get actually get back on them. And at this point, I'm within 100 yards. I'm probably 80 yards from these birds. So I'm calling and calling and calling and nothing's happening. And finally, it looks like the birds move further down the field, down the edge of the field. So I'm like, okay, I need to make a move on them. I need to, I need to make some kind of play here uh, that will hopefully entice this Tom to come take a look. So I go to make a bit of a move. And as soon as I do, I look up and the Jakes are standing right in front of me. I had no idea that they were coming in to my calling. And so by the time I saw them, they're standing at 30 yards, uh, 
looking at me getting ready to crawl over to this next tree. So they, they bust me, they pick me off and they go running back out into the field. I'm like, okay, this is not good. And all the other turkeys go right along with them. They don't run off, but they definitely don't like what they, what they saw the, well, the rest of the turkeys didn't see me, but they don't like that. The Jake's, the other Jake's came running down the the fence line there. And so they kind of all move off at the same time. Now at this point, I've got a decision to make. Do I pack everything up and head home? Or do I give it a little bit of time, wait for these turkeys to settle back down and figure out what they're going to do? I'm way back in here. I'm a mile back in here. It's an hour before fly up at this point. What do I do? I decide to hang with these birds and not just hang with them, but kind of like move. I drop off the backside of this ridge down towards the marsh and I'm going to kind of move around them where they really don't have much of a chance of seeing me up in these in these oaks uh, sort of moving around. I don't want to be too close. So I move down a bit. I call, boom, the tom hammers back at me immediately. I'm like, okay, something's going on here. Maybe it was just a fluke. I call again, boom, he hammers off again. I'm like, okay, all right, this is good. So I get set up. But no matter how much I call, no matter uh, how interested he's sounding from his gobbling immediately at me every single time he's just not coming in he's staying out there with the hens so i go quiet on him nothing i wait i wait i wait and i'm thinking okay he's silent either they're working away from me or he's coming in and uh it turned out to be the first one they were working their way away from me so i finally say okay i'm, I'm gonna check him at least see where he's at because i can't see the field anymore at this point and there was a little rise anyway, so even if I'd been able to see the field, I probably wouldn't have been able to see the turkeys. So let out a little bit of a call, a couple clucks and some yelps. Boom, he fires right back off. He's further away, but I know where he's heading. And so I'm able to move all the way down to the very corner of the public. And there they are. And I'm watching this Tom strut out in the field. Another Tom had come along as well, so he's strutting out there, uh, not in the ag field, but in like this little... I don't know, like a little savanna type area that had been recently mowed in some spots and the turkeys were kind of milling around in the mowed areas. But again, they are on private. They've moved over to another piece of private and I'm in the very corner, the farthest corner of this public that I can get to. It is the absolute furthest away from any access point at all. And these turkeys are just back there having a great time. They're walking around, they're running around, they're chasing each other, they're strutting. It's just a, a beautiful sight. And this this savanna is like filled with these wildflowers and stuff and the sun is setting. It's, it's like the most picturesque turkey hunt that I've ever had. So I was enjoying the show, yes. At the same time, I'm on the backside of this oak tree trying not to get busted by all of these eyes that are, you know, 60 to 80 yards from me. And I'm trying to get this stupid Tom to work his way towards me. So I'd call occasionally and the hens are really interested, but the Tom's not... Uh, not having it. He'd rather just stand out there and strut and let the hens come to him. So I sit there and I sit there and uh, yeah, eventually the hens start to work my direction. I'm like, all right, this is it. This is it. They're going to lead this Tom right past me. They're going to work their way out of that savanna up into this hardwood ridge. And it's going to be lights out as soon as that Tom gets up in here. Well, the hens get to about 30 yards from me and a couple of different, uh, a couple of different hens actually get to about 30 yards from me. And they start clucking. They start kind of going nuts. And I'm like, okay, what's about to happen here? What's going on? And they fly up. But they fly up into oak trees that are out onto or out in the savanna. They're not on the public. And I'm thinking, okay, this Tom is just, he's not going to do it. He's not going to come all the way up into here. Well, the Tom finally works his way my direction. The, one of the Toms, I don't know where he went. He worked his way off the other way. The other Tom, though, 
the, the, I think the original Tom, the, the one that had strutted the most for the basically the whole time I was there, uh, he works his way towards me and he's coming, he's coming. I'm like, okay, this is it. And I, I, I let out a couple more calls, just kind of let him know, hey, there is a hen back up here on the ridge. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe he'll fly up or maybe he'll walk over here before he flies up. But he does the same thing that the hens do. He gets about 30 yards from the from the field edge or from the savanna edge uh, from the public land line. And instead of flying up in the savanna in one of the oak trees out in the savanna, he actually flies up into an oak tree directly above me at like 30 yards. Like he's right above me. Now, at this point, it's still legal shooting time. But in this point, at this point of my turkey hunting career, I've never shot a bird out off the limb. And in my opinion, if they're on the limb, they beat me. Uh, or the game hasn't started yet, right? Like if it's a morning time, the game hasn't started yet. And, and I'm just not not super interested in doing that. Now, um, you know, I, I, there are a lot of different opinions on there out there about that. I, I don't know what my opinion really is yet. In fact, I'm going to come back to that here in just a second because it plays into another hunt that I had. But so I, I just said, okay, you beat me this time. Unfortunately, I couldn't get back there on him the next day. I knew literally what limb this guy was roosted on. I was able to get out without busting him, um, but I couldn't go back. So anyway, he's still out there. Enjoy, I'm sure about to enjoy a nice long life because here we are at the very end of the season. I've got one more morning to get out, and I'm not going to be going after him tomorrow. And you might be wondering, Josh, it's the last Sunday of turkey season. You only get to hunt one more morning. Why in the world aren't you going after this bird? And the reason I'm not going after that specific bird is because I saw another one this evening on a property that is easier for me to get to and on a Tom that I know is kind of newish to the property. And the reason I say he's kind of newish to the property, uh, well, I take that back. He's not newish to the property. He is, I think, going to be the new boss in town. Uh, I've been watching two Toms kind of throughout the season in this specific field. And I've actually got permission on... Uh, actually earlier I said I have permission on four farms. I've got permission on five farms. Uh, two of them touch each other and just on the backside of these farms is public. Uh, so I've been watching this Tom in this uh, public field and who's very, very visible. And like I said earlier, Tom's don't Tom's that are visible. Don't get, don't stay alive by being dumb, right? Like they're, they're, they're hip to the game, right? Like they know what's going on. This Tom is visible from public and he's visible from a public road on the other side. So he is just in the middle of a war zone, but he's a, he's a true field bird. He flies down, hits straight to the field every morning, stands out in the middle of the field all day, flies up in the evening, back up into the trees. So I see him uh, a couple of days ago and I roosted him and he's, he's had this other Tom with him. Who's obviously, obviously subordinate. Like you'll see them, them out in a field together and the one Tom never struts. The other Tom is always strutting. So I know this is kind of the subordinate bird. So I set up on the dominant bird the other day, um, hoping I I finally sort of pinned down, okay, you like to be in that part of the field. You like to be in this little corner of the field. And I'd gone after him with a Reaper decoy earlier in the season. Um, I know that a friend of mine had gone in and tried to call him in and actually had him working his way, but he had to leave for a work meeting. So he wasn't able to seal the deal. Um, I'm pretty sure this Tom is a was an old wise turkey like I, I he he has been around for a bit so 
Um, anyway, I saw him down in this field and uh, was able to roost him the night before I hunted him the other day. And so I get in there real tight to his roost early the next morning. It's dark. It's quiet. Next thing you know, he starts hammering. And when I say he's hammering, he's like choking on himself trying to gobble. I mean, he's gobbling three, four, five times in a row, just getting after it. And I'm like, okay, this is it. Finally, I let out a couple of calls right before what I think is going to be, well, right right after legal shooting light starts. I start to call a little bit. And, well, right before, right before legal shooting time, I start to call a little bit. Just let them know, hey, I'm over here, right? Like There's another hen over here. And man, when I started calling, he just hammers back immediately. And I'm like, okay, it's on. Like, let, let me see though. Like he's, he's been gobbling so much. Like maybe that wasn't at me. So I call again and boom, he hammers again. I'm like, okay, I'm shutting up at this point. I'm just going to wait for him to fly down to this part of the field. This is the part of the field he likes. I'm just going to sit here, be quiet and wait. So I'm filming these trees that he has roosted in. I can't see him because the foliage is too thick at this point, but I know basically which little clump of trees he's roosted in. And I'm like, man, this, this is going to happen. Like, this is just going to be a great morning. He's going to fly down to this spot and I'm going to shoot him as soon as his feet hit the ground. Uh, and I'm sitting there and four minutes after legal shooting light, I hear a gunshot and it's one of those gunshots. It's like so close that it just startles you, you know, it just man rocks you. And it came from the public side, from the, from the direction of the public land. And I hear turkeys fly down and I hear flopping uh, of this turkey. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm pretty sure somebody just snuck in under this bird and shot him right off the limb. And, and if I'm being honest with you, I was, I was pretty upset. Like I was pretty angry at this point that, um, that this hunt had been ruined like this. And, and I know, I know, I know that that's the name of the game when you're hunting on or next to public land. Like I've been hunting public land basically my whole life. I get the game. I understand it. At the same time, it was frustrating because he snuck in and shot this thing off the roost. And like I said, I don't really have an opinion on that, but in my thinking, like the game hadn't even started yet, right? Like we hadn't even, the thing hadn't even flown down. And so uh, my hunt was ruined, not, not because a guy busted him or anything like that, but just because he, he just shot him and took him, took him out before, uh, before I ever even had a chance at him. But again, that's public land. Good job for that guy. Glad he got a turkey. Um, that's not my preferred method of shooting a turkey, but uh, I'd love to hear from some of you uh, if you've got opinions about shooting birds out of trees. I've never done it. I don't plan on doing it. It doesn't sound that fun to me. At the same time, it's your tag, your hunt, and it's legal. So, man, do what you do if that's, if that's what you want to do. So, anyway, I sit there all morning long. There have been a couple of other toms that I could hear gobbling. And I thought maybe he would have that other subordinate Tom with him. Like he always did. Well, it turns out he didn't have him with him. The hens come out, the hens that had always been with him. They come out into the field, mill around for a long time. No other Tom comes in. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I drive past this field again this evening and I see this subordinate Tom. And usually the subordinate Tom kind of works his way off in a little bit of a different direction and roosts um, probably 150 yards further back than this Tom roosts. And I don't, I don't know why they weren't roosting together, but I know they'd meet up in this field. One would strut, the other wouldn't. This evening I saw him in the field very, very late, like right next to fly up time. And I'm pretty sure he roosted where that Tom had been roosting. 
So I'm, I'm pretty positive at this point that that Tom is the new boss in town. And I don't know if he's figured it out yet, but he was with some hens this evening. And I hadn't really seen him around many hens before. You know, I'd seen him... Um, I'd seen him with this other Tom and this other Tom would be courting the hens, would be strutting around and that kind of thing. But, but this other, this subordinate bird, he would just kind of ignore them. So I don't know, maybe he's figured it out. Maybe he knows the other one's gone and that uh, now he's going to step in and try to fill that void a bit. But so I roosted him this evening. I know exactly where he's at. I'm going to get after him tomorrow morning. I'm going to go sit in the same exact spot, uh, hoping that he kind of does what this other bird uh, like to do. And uh, if he doesn't, then I'll make some moves and we'll see what we can do to, um, try to get him on the ground. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that's my plan for tomorrow morning. What I learned from that, though, uh, is that no bird is yours until it's uh, got your tag on it or until you've got it slung over your shoulder. I was counting that bird already. I was I was planning the footage in my mind. He was going to fly down. It was going to be perfect. It's going to get perfect shots for of him coming across the field. And um, yeah, it didn't happen. And I also learned I've got to not let my get myself get so bothered by uh other people and usually i don't like if somebody walks in on me whatever not a big deal somebody walks in while i'm deer hunting never really bothered me this is the first time that i've gotten really really upset with what someone else has done on public land at least while hunting i've gotten upset with other stuff that people have done on public land but uh as as far as like someone else out there hunting having a good time hunting their hunt doing what they do this is the first time that it really really bothered me. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you think about uh, shooting a turkey off the limb, whether you think it's ethical, unethical, uh, whether you think I'm just being a big baby pouting about the turkey not being mine anymore. But uh, yes, that's one thing I learned from that. No turkey is yours until it's wearing your tag or slung over your shoulder. But uh, anyway, so that's my plans for tomorrow morning. I'm going to get after this bird uh, bright and early. I'm recording this at 11.07 p.m. Legal shooting line is sometime around 4.45 a.m. tomorrow morning. So it's going to be a killer. Uh, it was 4.52 the other day. So probably somewhere in that 4.50-ish range. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to get up. It's going to be hard to get on the move. But um, yeah, I've got one more crack at these things for uh, for this turkey season. And if I don't get one tomorrow, then that means I go 0 for 3 in zone 2. My first turkey season here in Wisconsin, I went 2 for 2 with zone 2 tags. My second season here, I went three for three with zone two tags. If I don't get this one tomorrow, I will be one for three in zone two. And I will have to admit that I've gotten whooped by the wild turkey uh, here in zone two. I've never filled a zone one tag. So, uh, yeah, is what it is <laughs> when it comes to turkeys over in zone one. I just don't have good properties out there that I know very well. I haven't spent a ton of time out there. It's a long drive for me. So. Uh, anyway, that's my plan for the morning. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to say thank you so much to our partners over at Tacticam. You can check them out over at their website, www.tacticam.com. They've got the Reveal X Gen 2 dropping on June 1st. So if you haven't already uh, bought a Reveal cell camera, you need to, but you might want to wait till June 1st to pick up one of these new ones whenever they drop. Also, big thanks to our partners over at Deer Lab. Highly recommend it. Use the code WISCONSIN, all caps. I think all caps may not matter, but use the code WISCONSIN for 20% off of any plan. That is any plan on their website. It's a great software, a uh, great app, and uh, I've super enjoyed using it so far. But with all that out of the way, I'm going to try to edit this episode, get it turned in, go to bed, get up in the morning, 
and shoot this turkey in the face. But until next time, get outdoors and do something to take advantage of this incredible resource that is ours as Wisconsin sportsmen. Mm-hmm.